Hello everyone, welcome to Starting to Know Business podcast with your host, your friend Ishu Singh. I would have never imagined that after my graduation, I'm going to join US Air Force and work there for a few years. Then I'm going to co-found one of the world's first email service provider company and also found a CRM company named as Green Rope. But of course, there is one person who has already done that and his name is Lars. Lars is a CEO of the company named as greenrope.com, G-R-E-E-N-R-O-P-E.com, greenrope.com. Hi, Lars. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So what kind of problem does your company Greenrope solves? The biggest issue that most businesses face really has to do with your organization of information. Um, and it's everyone who's in business knows what it feels like to have the sense of overwhelming when you try to collate all the data together that a business has. So, you know, you combine things like sales data where salespeople are going out and they have meetings and typically the CRM is what most people thought of as this is what you use to organize your sales data. But the R in CRM is about relationships and all the different kinds of relationships that a business has with its leads and customers. And it goes way beyond just sales, obviously. I mean, you, you involve marketing in the conversation and you have email marketing, you have your website, you've got social media, you may have video and, and um, SMS marketing, telephony, and all these different things that you can use for both marketing and sales. And, and the line gets a little bit blurry about which is which. Um, and so you start throwing in things like customer service in the mix where you have maybe a live chat on your website, you may have support ticketing or using um, any sort of issue tracking. All of those different components are generating data. And as a business, the biggest problem that they face is the organization of that data and being able to actually use it and personalize the interactions between the business and, and the people on your side with the leads and customers out there. And so what we've done is built a platform that integrates all of that together in a single piece of software. It's not, a comp, it's not cobbling together different systems. It's one piece of software that does all of that. So how does your product work exactly? And is that a cloud-based system? Because I have read somewhere that most of the CRMs in the market are cloud-based. Is your system also cloud-based? It is. It is. Yeah. And that's really the only way that you can effectively scale out to a, a global business. And, you know, when you start dealing with trying to manage on-premise and networking and, and it just, it gets really complicated up, updates and everything. And so um, it's, it's set up that way for, to make it easy for a business to scale and then also so that we can react to the way technology changes. As you know, things are different now than they were last year, or different than they were 10 years ago. And so we've been around for 20 years, continually evolving our platform to react to the way the business climate has changed. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, what is a sweet spot for any business to start thinking about bringing the CRM into their business? Is that at a later stage or at an earlier stage as well? It, it's actually pretty early. Um, I would say that it's part of the startup page where you have to consider what it's like to commercialize whatever it is that you're doing. And this is not really necessarily a CRM software problem, but CRM is so much more of a culture in a business where you have to think about all these different functions, the sales, the marketing, the customer service, if you're doing events, event management, Um, you know, if you have client onboarding and you've got a learning management system in place, if you have other people referring to a a knowledge base, how do you organize all of that data and leverage it? 
And so um, what we've tried to do is, is simplify that whole process by consolidating it all together. Mm -hmm, yeah. So getting the leads is one task. And if you're not nurturing the leads, you're basically losing the money or you have already lost the money if you have not nurtured the leads before. And CRM exactly helps you in doing that. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. And, and what about the emails? Your emails are reaching the inbox because I'm thinking that there is some kind of automation built in your system. So if some some person is doing X action, then Y trigger is going to take place and the email will be sent out, something like that? Absolutely. So email is part of that. But if you think about all the different channels that people use, you can also do automation around other channels. So things like text messaging or voice broadcast. So if someone, and you know, and this is fairly common, you know, in the marketing automation space, being able to say, well, if somebody opens an email, then do this. And if they don't send this, um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's really straightforward to think of that. But when you have an evolving landscape of different methods and different channels of communicating with people and being able to do things like, well, if this happens, then let's send a text message, or if this happens, then let's send a pre-recorded audio message and being able to, and obviously you want to be very con cautious of doing that because people get pretty protective about their phone numbers and their information and everything. But where it's appropriate, being able to both listen and communicate outbound on all of those channels is where you is the sweet spot of being able to reach customers right where they want them, when they want, want them, in the way that they want your message. Mm -hmm. Basically giving them the option, what they want. They want the message, they want the email. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and in some cases I've read that CRM leads to productivity of even more than 50%, like in some cases, even ROI of 200%, right? And some people, some businesses think that, okay, they are not up to that scale and they don't need the CRM. Even in some cases I've seen that people don't know even about CRM at all. And they have to start from the beginning. The beginning process is always the hardest. Like, what do you think about the CRM part? Do you think that you have to educate the customers, even telling them what is exactly CRM? Or you have when the customer comes to you, it's, it's a journey of taking them to the level, okay, they know what is CRM, and now you're going to walk them through your product. Yeah, you hit on a really good point there in that education is a really important part of, of it, getting a CRM in place. And sometimes it, it's even people who are familiar with CRM have, everyone comes from a different perspective. They only started teaching about CRM in school a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when you, when you read it, when you learn things in school, you can be kind of, kind of behind what's actually happening in industry. And not obviously it's not universally so, but when a lot of times we have companies that come to use our platform that are used to doing things in a more traditional sense. So you think traditional CRMs like Salesforce, Oracle, SAP, Microsoft, where it's sort of enterprise level and all those components are possible to link together, but it takes a massive amount of work to do it. And that's where the challenge really lies is in, in that integration of data. How do you gather it and how do you use it? How do you leverage autom automation and personalization? So with our platform, because it's all combined into one system, we have to educate people on all of those different components of what happens in a business so that the customer service team isn't sitting off on their own. 
marketing isn't sitting off in their own department and, and sales is not sitting off in their own department. They all work together as a team. And that's where you hit those ROI numbers that you were talking about. Because now when, when these different departments can share information meaningfully and set up systems and process, they can, they're no longer subject to one key person leaving and then the system falling apart or, or, what's common in a lot of businesses where marketing will blame sales because they're not closing deals like they should and sales blames marketing because they've got terrible leads coming down. And it's really a, a cohesive in, in a team environment. It, they work on it together and they have the data to help them make decisions together. And that's really what we want to create is so, so the education component really comes first and then it's a constant process of the business educating itself on what works, what doesn't work, how do we measure ROI on all these different channels, how happy are our customers, all those things that are that should be captured in a single system so that a business can leverage the access to that data. And what kind of impact did you see in the businesses due to this COVID? Of course, all of the businesses in this world has been impacted by COVID, some in positive manner, some in negative manner but there is some kind of change and the businesses which were not having the systems in place are the most impacted one, right? And what kind of advice do you usually give to the businesses that you cater to or the market that you cater to? Yeah, when, when the COVID um, thing hit really hard back in March, um, I, I gave a sort of an emergency webinar to everyone, mm -hmm. all of our customers. And I said, listen, this is going to be difficult for everyone. But the most important thing that leaders have to do is think clearly and not panic. Think through any difficult challenges that you have in front of you and work through them one step at a time. Lay out a strategic map. Where do you want to go? Where are you now? And figure out how to get there. So when I talk to all businesses about CRM, one of the, there's, there's sort of three steps that I always talk about. One is understanding your target market, making sure you understand who you're selling to, having buyer personas set up for each of those markets. The second is developing your customer journey, looking at how people first learn about your brand all the way through to becoming customers and then afterwards to turn them into advocates. And the third is building a data model. So you understand what information you have to capture to support all of those journeys and all those markets. Once you have all of that done, and that's completely independent of any CRM, that's a strategic, that's a leadership decision then it flows from there to choose the right software. And the, one of the things that, that I think business leaders miss out on a lot is they allow, the, the, and the term you've probably heard this, is inmates running the asylum. Meaning that if you have someone that's a junior level person that say, for example, only likes to use a particular piece of software because that's what they're familiar with and they don't want to switch, mm -hmm. the sacrifice that that makes to the overall business is substantial because they are not thinking in terms of integration. They're not thinking in terms of what does the CEO, what does the CIO, the CTO, the CRO, the CMO, what do they need to be able to effectively communicate with the different departments and drive the business to more growth? They can't, as a, as a junior person who's choosing a particular piece of software, they don't have almost by definition, the vision to understand how all of the pieces are interconnected. And that's why it has to be a top-down approach from management at the C-level. And whether that's founders, if you're a small company or you're a big company, there still has to be that vision, the guidance from above 
that says, this is how we're going to do this. And then you get buy-in from the junior people to choose the right software. But it's a system-wide approach to figuring out how to apply the CRM to your business. I agree with you there because the approach has to be top-down, not bottom-up. Because if, if the approach is going to be bottom-up and, and if the employee decides a software that needs to be implemented in the company, and if that employee leaves the company and now entrepreneur or the founder or CEO, the top person in the company thinks that, okay, why we even chose this product at the first stake? Why? Because you were not involved. You didn't take the decision in a way that it should have been taken. You should have asked the people, The you should have read the reviews of the product, you should have checked the capacities and capabilities of the product and also matched it with the skill set which is available in the company, in your company, in their company, right? You've probably yeah. seen this in businesses before too where you have, you have someone who is the only person who knows how to use a piece of software and it may be a critical piece of software or they may claim that it's critical. And then in a way they're trying to use, because they're the only ones know how to do something, they try to use that as leverage so that they, they can't get fired. And so they goof off or they, you know, or they, maybe they don't, they don't work that hard or they don't really do any innovation for your business, but because they're the only ones who know how to do something, they, they stick around and it creates frustration for the whole team. I've seen that happen many, many times in different organizations. And so, part of this system wide approach is that it kind of, it eliminates that, that one person who knows how to do X and it creates a team environment. So from a business owner's perspective, it's good because you're not, you're not uh, held hostage by someone who you may or may not want to keep on your team. And from the team's perspective, it's good because everyone is held accountable and it's not, everyone's on the same playing field. And that is what really fosters teamwork. Yeah, so what about the marketing automation and the customer journey? I want to hear your take on that. Well, it's important. Um, you know, the customer journey mapping comes first. We have a free tool that we offer called JourneyFlow. Um, you just go to JourneyFlow in the App Store or JourneyFlow.com. It's sort of a drag and drop tool that you can use to, to plan your journey maps. Uh, and there are tons of tools out there that you can use. That's just a free one that we made. Um, mm -hmm. And so you can, you can, even if you do it with, uh, on a whiteboard or you use a bunch of sticky notes um, on, a, on a piece of paper on your desk or whatever, having that journey map allows you to see strategically how people move through that whole process. So once you know what those are, what, what all those steps are that someone goes from learning about you to making the decision to purchase from you to actually fulfilling what you do and then following up with them and making sure they're happy and turning into advocates. All of those have some parts of the interaction that can be automated. You don't want to automate everything unless you, unless it's really part of your business model and you think you can do it. Um, you put people where people are most effective and you use software and automation to do the things that are always the same. So if you're educating people on the same content every single day, every time someone is interested in a thing, then they fill out a form and maybe they get a series of drip emails or they get a series of emails and text messages or whatever you decide you want it to do. And you can automate that based on whether they open things or they don't open things or they watch videos or they don't watch videos or you fill out surveys or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. All of those things you can use when you map, when you, when you model your, your customer journey, you can map that out and you can say, this is a place where we might, we might be able to automate. You know, mm -hmm. so if I need to gather customer feedback on something, a survey may be more effective.
than having a person actually make a phone call. Um, and, and that's sort of a fairly typical thing, but you have a lot of options in terms of how you want to automate things, especially when you're using a, a platform that combines all of those types of interactions together in one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how does it compare to other similar products? Because I've seen other similar kind of product. How, how is Green Rope different than those products? Yeah, there's, there's a few bigger players on, in this space. Um, HubSpot is a big one. Um, Entreport is another big one. And, you know, there's, there's uh, Mothernode's another one. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of different platforms that do kind of what we do. Um, what we try to differentiate ourselves on is the breadth of what we offer. So, in other words, if you were going to go and use a, a, what, pe what other people call as an all-in-one, like a Keep or a, a HubSpot or something, and, and then then you would have to figure out how to do your video tracking or your, your event management or your learning management system or your project management system or your knowledge management system. In all of those platforms, you would have to find another piece of software and link it together. Our system combines all of those things together. And that's really what separates us from other companies out there that have the same similar kind of a vision. When they say all in one, typically they mean kind of basic CRM, email marketing, and web analytics. Web analytics. Mm -hmm. And so we, we take a much broader approach. Our CRM is very deep in its functionality. And we have a very, um, a lot of different elements in our system that typically are not included when someone says, this is what we mean by all-in-one CRM. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you don't, so the user don't have to rely on third-party integrations. It's all within the platform. Exactly, exactly. Because integration is super expensive. Anytime you do integration, even if it's with Zapier, which is, which is probably the, the easiest way to do an integration, there's still an additional cost. You still have issues with what happens in case of a data collision. What happens if one system reports one thing and another system reports something else? Who wins? How often are you synchronizing that data? Even from a strategic perspective, it can get complicated once you add more than one or two things in there you start adding in a lot and then you start figuring out, well, how are we going to synchronize this data? Do we need to hire a developer to manage all of it? APIs are constantly changing. The, the landscape just, it just becomes very expensive and complicated and it turns your business into a software development house, which that may not be what you want to do. And so with our system having everything in one, it eliminates all that, all the cost and hiring all the developers to synchronize these pieces together. It just, it eliminates it because it's all in one. And once you set it up, it's it's good forever. Yeah, awesome. It's a great product. I want to ask you, how did you acquire your first customers? Because I want listeners to also understand that entrepreneurial journey is not easier. Nowadays, people show that, okay, you start the business and you're going to start getting the money and it works in that way. But in reality, this is different. And I want to hear your thoughts on that. And I want listeners to understand from your point of view as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny you bring this up and I'm so glad that you did uh, because really there are no shortcuts. Um, you have to, if, if, you're if you're going to be successful, you have to talk to other people about your platform and get feedback. So when I started my very first company, uh, Cooler Email, way back in 2000, when I first started that, I was, I asked, I gave it away free to about 20 people and said that are business owners that I had met through a local chamber of commerce and said, I mean, this is 2000, right? So this is a long time ago, <laughs> but um, um, telling my age here, but, um, but you know what, give it away free and say, use it, 
and give us feedback. What do you think? What do you like? Did you run any, into any problems? What would you, what would you like to see added? And so um, way back when we first started that system, um, that's how we started. And so I learned from that and did the exact same thing when we launched Green Rope. So Green Rope was a, a different sort of approach. It was more CRM focused, not email marketing focused. And so we had to get a different take on what people liked and what they didn't like. And we still have an open door. So we're very forward about to our customers by saying, let us know if there's something you think we can do better or if there's some functionality that you think we need to add so that we can find better ways to serve you. And, um, and it's worked, it's worked out great that way. And people will, if you give them something really useful and they're able to leverage it for free for a little while or, or permanently, depending on what your, what your approach is, mm -hmm. um, and just keep an open, an open door and say, Hey, tell us what you think. What do you think about this? Were you happy, you know, and, and, and get on the phone and, and talk to them and say, what do you, what did you think? Was this something that you enjoyed using? Was it easy? Was it intuitive? It's funny because I hate the word intuitive, right? Because it's such a amorphous thing, you know? How do you define what intuitive is? What one person says is intuitive is, isn't to somebody else. And so the more you can nail people down on specifics, um, you know, where did you get stuck? What was the problem? Then you can, then you'll get more specific answers. But unfortunately, intuitiveness in software is a very left brain kind of a thing or right brain, I should say, a right brain kind of a thing. It's very, it's, you know, it's, it's intuition. It's how does this feel? And uh, the more you can nail people down on, on that general feeling, the better off you'll, you'll be able to, to guide your software development process. Mm -hmm. Getting the feedback is always important to continuously iterate on the product. Yeah, I agree. So what, which area of your life you think can be improved by any business idea is like, I'm just giving an opportunity to the listeners to understand from a user point of view as well, from your life point of view, I'm not talking about the CRM or your company, from your journal life point of view, which area do you think that, okay, this should have been improved or someone should have taken some kind of take on this part? Um, so from a personal perspective, I think, one of the big challenges has always is, is always going to be if you're a business owner keeping work-life balance and i think one of the things that really has helped with that is we've, we've never had an office our, our whole 20 years and you know we've got customers all over the world we've got governments as customers but our our business is completely remote and it always has been and there are advantages and disadvantages to that but i think the, the main advantage is the flexibility so that not just me, but everyone in the company can work from wherever in the world they want to be. And, we, and on, on any given time, there's likely to be one person at least in our business who's, who's traveling. Not right now, obviously, because of COVID. But, um, <laughs> but in normal times, usually somebody is traveling somewhere. And that kind of flexibility is absolutely key, I think, for quality of life. It's, you know, it's funny because sometimes people talk down on having the idea of a lifestyle business because it makes it sound like you're just lazy sitting around, you know, drinking Mai Tais on the beach. But I think what it really means is the flexibility to work when and how you need to from wherever in the world you want to be. And some people really crave that. Some people don't. I mean, a, a lifestyle business or a, a remote business like this isn't for everybody. 
Some people really need to feel like they need to get in their car and drive and sit in their cubicle and work for eight hours and drive home. And, mm -hmm. and that's totally fine. Some people crave that sort of structure. Um, our team and our business has been built really around the opposite of that, about a sense of, we use our own, we use Green Rope ourselves to manage our own business. And um, the whole system has been built around the people that want to work that way and people that hold each other accountable, people who care about our, our customers, genuinely trying to make a difference um, for all of them. And I think part of that's people, part of that's culture, and part of that's the technology. And so, um, you know, obviously it didn't happen overnight. It took us a long time to come up with the systems and to build our software so that it could support everything that we needed. And, um, and a lot of what we use in GreenRope, we built for ourselves so that other businesses can, can leverage the, the technology. And so um, I think that being built around solving our own problems, solving the problems of our customers, um, it really has created a, a platform that's very flexible, very, very customizable, very powerful, very fast, um, and able to scale. Um, you know, we've got, we have customers in 40 countries and people working around the world. And so um, we couldn't do that if we hadn't invested heavily in our own team, our own processes, and in the software to actually allow us to do all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I also read somewhere, you mentioned that if it is not in the CRM, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. If, if it isn't in the CRM, it didn't happen. And, and that's one of those things where if I go in and I see, you know, and I notice something looks like it's slipping through the cracks and I'll say, and then someone, if someone ever says, well, I, I meant to do that. I meant to, I meant to make a note of that. <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> so if it's not here, it didn't happen. And, um, you know, that, that's a culture thing. Um, yeah. obviously it hasn't happened in a long time. But, um, but you know, the, the idea really is about, is about holding the whole team accountable, holding, holding everyone um, to the same standard and making sure that everybody knows that, that when they do something great or they do something bad, it directly impacts the team around them. And so obviously we want everyone to do all the great things. Mm -hmm. Agree. And, uh, and Lars, where could we learn more about you and your business if anybody wants to reach to you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, Lars Helgeson, pretty easy to find. Um, I'm also the author of CRM for Dummies. So if you go on Amazon and you look up CRM for Dummies, like the, the For Dummies series, uh, I wrote that book a couple years ago. Um, and then about Green Rope, everything's on our website, greenrope.com. And we have um, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. So we're on all those different channels as well. So connect with us um, in any of those methods too. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Lars, for coming to the pod today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great talking to you. Yeah, same here.